Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. What's up, nerds? This is Just a Couple of Arslings, the Last Kingdom podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Jessica Toomer. And I'm Alyssa Fixie. We are writers for Sci-Fi Wire's fangirls who started recapping The Last Kingdom in season three, so we decided to bring that nerdy, horny energy to Podcastlandia. Jessica, this is our second to last episode. Oh my God, we're Until almost season done. four. Until know, season we're four. Almost, we're almost done with season three, um, which means like we're going to be done until, you know, season four comes out, which I'm assuming, I think they stopped filming in October of this year. So it's probably not going to be until late spring. Yeah, spring 20, summer. spring 2020, I think is what people are saying, but there's, you know, no official release date yet, which, you know. Yeah, maybe they'll surprise us and right. like drop it super early. I don't know, but. Um, yeah, it's kind of sad. I know. Like, it's been kind of <laughs> crazy, think. but, like, it's, it'll be a little sad. I mean, I guess, like, the the thing to think about is, you know, if you guys miss us, um, you can always just re-listen to episodes. Right. Find us on I Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, like, vain enough to think people are going to be doing that. But, hey, I mean, whatever floats your boat. Right. Right. Anyway. But, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they're not doing that. No. Um, so I think for our small talk today, yeah. we're going to discuss um, something that's been in the news recently. Um, and I feel like it relates to the show a little bit, too, only because they kind of live in the same, I wouldn't necessarily say genre because Game of Thrones is fantasy, but there, right. there's a lot of similarities between Game of Thrones and The Last Kingdom. Sure. Um, and I think one of them is... Maybe not this season. It hasn't been super thirsty. But, I mean, like, nudity in any kind of drama show, that's it's become the norm. Yeah. What we want to talk about today is the Amelia Clark stuff. Yeah. She went on Dak Shepard's podcast, Armchair Expert, and she talked about how she felt a lot of pressure to appear nude on Game of Thrones early on. Um, which you can definitely tell it's one of those things like when you watch the especially the first season of Game of Thrones and somewhat mm. in the second, there's a lot more of that, you know, sex position, which is what it kind of got dubbed with um, with that first season. There was a lot of nudity, particularly women's nudity. It's never male nudity. It's just women's nudity. Always women. Mm-hmm. Um, and that kind of followed her into other jobs. And she talked about how she would kind of have fights on set and say no i want to stay covered for this scene and people would tell her you don't want to disappoint your game of thrones fans do you which is just Uh, that's obscene like that's just unacceptable behavior and so gross yeah i just i hate that for her because she just she seems so delightful and just like such a I don't know. She works hard. She's so sweet. See, I mean, seemingly. I say that as someone who has never met Amelia Clark, but the image that she projects is a very positive one. Mm-hmm. And well, I, look, she survived like two brain aneurysms. Okay, she's right. been through enough. She's been through so much, and just like and that last season of Game of Thrones, in and of itself, Ugh. she got screwed over. She did the best she could with what she was given. She did great with what she was given, but yeah. And I just I hate that that 
you know, she talked about how, you know, she was fresh out of drama school and she just sort of felt like she needed to say yes to everything because it was her first big job, you know? Yeah, I think she was like 23. She was very young. Very young um, and very green. Um, and yeah, she, you know, she credited um, working with Jason Momoa as sort of a way that she learned to stand up for herself because he kind of told her, you know, this is okay, this isn't okay, and you, you know... You need to tell people when it's not okay, which is a scary thing to learn, especially as a young woman. And you're, you know, starting out in your industry. It's really hard to say, no, this isn't okay when you don't feel secure in your job. So, yeah, I just I hated that that followed her for so long. And she's talked in the past about how she's turned down roles that had nudity because she didn't want it to be like her thing. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I know specifically, like, she turned down the role of the lead in Fifty Shades of Grey, which, like, fine, she deserves way better than that. But, <laughs> okay, like, girl. but I hate that she felt like she had to turn down opportunities because people always just see her as, like, the naked dragon queen. And right. that's that's a bummer. And she deserves yeah. better than that. Yeah, it's such a weird thing, too, because I feel like with this show, with Game of Thrones especially, there was such, like, a a fervor around it when it first started. I mean, it's got a huge fan base from the books. And so I feel like, especially her nudity, because she was playing this character that was beloved, um, when she appeared nude on screen, I don't know, it felt like it was... It wasn't just, like, your regular show where you're taking off your clothes. Like, I mean, there were... I, I saw, like really gross things on the internet about it from fans of the books or the shows who just like I I guess that really did it for them I don't know but it just felt like so it felt really gross in a way really violating because you know this is just uh, she's trying to do her job she this is a a material that is heavy in the violence and heavy in the nudity so you know you're going to have to do some things Mm -hmm. but you don't want it to live on on the internet in ways you didn't intend. You know what I mean? You're doing it for the show. Right. You don't mean for your body to be taken and put in other... Contexts. Yeah, exactly. That's where it gets really kind of gross to me. And so, like, I think about this show, which does... I think it, it treats nudity and violence so much better. I mean, there's... You know, every show has its faults, but I just feel like, yeah, those first couple seasons of Game of Thrones... It was it was almost like, how much can we do? Right. Like, you know what I mean? And I think they should have trusted the material more to, like, hook mm-hmm. people than, you know, throwing tits on screen every time they could. But whatever. It's done. Game of Thrones is it's, over. Yeah. Sort done of. Done. Right. <laughs> we don't talk about it anymore. Will it ever be over? I don't know. <laughs> I don't but know. please don't look at Amelia Clark and just, like, picture her naked. That's not cool. She deserves better. Um, every actress deserves better. Yeah. And props to Jason Momoa for being An ally. a true gentleman, a woke bro. I knew it. I mean, I love, Lisa Bonet I lo- I love doesn't have that bro. taste. Yes, Lisa Bonet <laughs> knows what's up. Gotta love a woke bro. <laughs> it's the best. All right, well, speaking of woke bros, let's, let's get into... Let's talk about Uhtred! Let's talk about Uhtred, and you know what? Let's talk about Alfred, Alfred. too. Uh, okay? This... Uh, Very this, surprised. Yeah. I really... I love these last scenes with Alfred and Uhtred, and... Um, it's just, ah, oh, it kills me because I feel like I wish they could have talked about this sooner. Like, not just when yeah. Alfred is like, I need to make amends before I die. But 
I just I feel like they could have done such great things if they had been in this kind of harmony earlier on. And I guess that's the hindsight of death that, you know, Alfred is feeling that he can be this way. Yeah. So he's, you know, he's showing Uhtred this Chronicle of Wessex, which sort of details from his brother's death until his own um, everything that's happened um, during his kingship and except anything that includes Uhtred. Uhtred is conspicuously mm-hmm. absent from the pages. Um, but yeah, I think this, this, the fact that this um, document is so important to Alfred in the end is it's, it's his way of ensuring that his legacy lives on. Like, yes, he has Edward, but Edward will die eventually too. So if you really want to be remembered, you got to write it down. Yeah. I think, you know, Uhtred, it- in this kind of um, conversation that they have, Uhtred feels the more noble. I mean, he's like, I, I did good deeds. Men will remember that. And and that's like a really, that's a nice sentiment. Mm-hmm. But Alfred is very smart. And, yeah. and he's practical. And so he knows if he wants people to say good things about him, he's got to write it down himself. Mm-hmm. That's what history is. It's men, mostly men, writing things and making people believe them. You know, so um, I think Alfred kind of, it just intuitively knows that. And he knows that if his dream of the United England is going to continue, um, if his reign is going to be looked on favorably, he has to to write it down. Got to kind of glitter it in gold, have really nice penmanship. <laughs> um, these are some very elaborate diary entries. Yes, very but, elaborate. <laughs> um, yeah, he's not he's not wrong. I mean, he's a bit of an asshole for basically telling Udred that he's going to be forgotten and it'll only be Alfred that is remembered. Like, right. fuck you, dude. Yeah. But um, he also kind of in a in a backhanded way compliments Utrid and it's like, you know what? No one will know that you did this, but I will know. Yeah. So it's 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 almost like, okay. You know, I, I think for Utrid, what's more important to him is the now and to have Alfred appreciating him in this moment, it means a lot. It does. Um it really does. And I think Utrid Utrid here's the thing. Even though they've, you know, they've been at odds for so long, like Uhtred tells him, like, he never would have been able to kill him. You know, Mm -hmm. that's not what he wanted. Even in that, you know, in that hallway with a knife to his throat, he never would have actually done it. But he also tells Uhtred, or he also tells Alfred, you know, I earned my place in these pages. And I hate that it's taken this far, you know, this long for Alfred to kind of realize that. That will not happen. Because I lack the will. Because we are bonded. You cannot kill me. Just as I cannot kill you. He, you know, Alfred kind of, even though he can barely lift a sword, he kind of threatens Uhtred (laughs) and is like, what if I just killed you now? But he can't because they're bonded. And... And also, like physically, also physically, I don't <laughs> think no he could. There. I don't think he could pierce the skin. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like they, they both really acknowledge in this moment they did this together. Like whether mm-hmm. or not they like each other now, whether or not history will remember exactly how it happened, they know and they did it as a team, even if it was sometimes quite tense. It's really, I mean, it's such a, a quiet kind of emotional scene. Very. Um, between these two men who none of their interactions have been like this. Mm. They've not none of them have been this subdued and this resigned. I think this whole situation that Alfred finds him himself in, he's destined for the grave. He looks like he's gonna star in, in a Tim Burton movie. I mean, he just it's looks true. terrible. He looks exactly like Johnny Depp's character in the Corpse Bride at this point. 
Yes, that's exactly that that's was giving exactly me so it. many feels. Yes. Thank you, Alyssa. Um, <laughs> yeah, so it's just I think it's like you said, it's that thing of you know death is a scary thing. It's also a freeing thing because mm-hmm. it lets you look back, you know, on your choices really with um, without those rose colored glasses. And I think that Alfred realizes he's made some mistakes. He's trying to make amends for them. Yes, he has ulterior motives because he asks Uhtred to stay in Winchester just as long, just, you know, until Edward can be crowned, mm-hmm. just to kind of be there to maybe lay to rest some worries um, that in the rumors that people are spreading. But it's so interesting how he does that because, you know, Alfred, any time Alfred has asked for a favor from Uhtred. He's basically demanded it and demanded he swear an oath and held something over his head. And this interaction, you see, he just asks him and he doesn't need an answer. He just wants to put that question out there and he wants it to be Uhtred's choice. And I think that's such a shot, like a sign of respect. Yeah. And you can tell it, it hits, it hits Uhtred in the feels a little bit. It they really, both get teary-eyed. it really does. And, you know, they have this moment too where, Uhtred wants to know, like, why Alfred brought his children to Winchester. And basically, mm-hmm. and Alfred, like, straight up tells him, I did it to inflict pain. Like, I did it to damn you. Um, and he admits, like, this is the big thing for me, because I feel like Alfred, sometimes he's known that he's done wrong, but he never, like, admits it out loud. He admits to him that it was a bad move. Um, he tells him that it was petty. He tells him that, you know... There, it was a provocation, and he didn't give him the respect and trust that he deserved through that whole situation. Um, and it's really, it's a really like moving thing. And then I, I kind of liked how they inter, how they um, edited this episode, and how they intercut the scenes of these two men having, you know, this moment of peace together with everything that's going on at the wedding feast, which is just nobody's having a good time. Like I mean, I, it's a medieval wedding. Right. right. What do you expect? I mean, I, at least nobody died, but like nobody's having Jesus. a good time. Like <laughs> Athelfled and Athelred are sniping at each other and at Aldhelm. Um, Athelwald is trying to like get the new father-in-law pissed because, you know, Edward had another kid or had a couple of kids um, mm-hmm. and a previous wife. And, you know, it's just it's not it's not going very well. I mean, Ethelwald is stirring up shit as he does. Um, but his his chat with Ethelhelm, you know, so we go from Alfred and Uhtred to Ethelwald and Ethelhelm, who, you know, is not really wanting to hear what Ethelwald has to say. I mean, he's got that nasty wound that's uncovered. Disgusting. It's super off-putting. Yeah. Like, not over my salad, Ethelwald. <laughs> like, gross. Should you not cover that wound? I find it ugly. Of putting. Oh, you refer to my eye. Well, I see it as a reminder of my loyalty to the crown. Wherever the crown may eventually rest. The crown will rest on Edward's head. Mm, with luck. But that is just one possibility. But he basically tells Ethelhelm, you know, Edward married this girl, so her kids are legitimized. That puts uh, your daughter and her future children and jeopardy. Yeah. That's a big deal. I mean, and he's it's not, not just wrong, like, oh, though. he hooked up. Like, yeah, he's, he's, I mean, not. he's telling him to cause trouble, but also back then, he's 100% correct. Those children mm-hmm. would definitely come for the crown, especially if there's a son. This is information that they really should have disclosed. Yeah, I mean, I think obviously they were trying to pull one over on this guy. They sure. needed, they needed his money, to... they needed his power, they mm-hmm. needed his men. And 
they needed, yeah, they needed a lot from him. And so he's not happy about being in the dark about this, mm-hmm. um, which is exactly how Ethelred wants him to react. And Ethelwald, you know, kind of meets up with Sigurd at one point and you know, I can tell that Sigrid is like totally over Ethelwald, but he also hates Edward. So it's right. like, which side you know. do I hate more? Exactly. Speaking of hatred, Aelswith finds out that Uhtred is still Oof. here and is super pissed about it. Like she is so mad, partially because like Alfred's in here talking to him instead of being at his son's wedding, which I kind of understand. Get it. But also, like, she is so mad that Uhtred isn't being murdered on the spot. Like, she expected him to be executed right there. And yeah, she's she's so mad that he's pardoned. She's so mad that he is sort of there with Alfred in the end. And I think, you know, I think Alfred, he extends her quite a bit of grace. You know, he when yeah. she storms out, he tells her, he's like, she's just mad that I'm dying. You know, it doesn't make her heartless. Her heart is hurting. But also, I'm kind of like, yeah, but like, she's wanted Utra dead for a while. (laughs) Yeah, it would have been better if she had walked in on Alfred, like, humping a servant girl. I think she would have preferred that, honestly. (laughs) I agree. Yeah, she is just so, she's so enraged. And I think it doesn't help that she's had to sit through this wedding dinner watching Ethelwald also scheme. Mm -hmm. Um so she feels like she's facing so many threats and they're all because Alfred has not had, you know, the the courage to do what needed to be done. Mm. And so there's resentment there, you know, because she's going to be left to pick up the pieces when he dies. Right. And I think it's it's hard for her to understand that Alfred is is thinking you know, way farther ahead. And he's thinking about more than just, you know, the religious reputation of his reign. He's worried that Edward is not ready and that people are going to take advantage of that. He tells Uhtred that, you know, there are good Christian men dining in his hall right now that will be tempted by, you know, the wealth and the power um, that this transition will afford them. And so... He, I think he can recognize that even these men that are Christian and are, you know, praying in the church with them every Sunday, whatever, they will still come for that throne. And I don't know if that's something Aylesworth really believes. Like, I feel like she's so, she's so pious, like in ways that are not the same as Alfred. Yeah. Well, and, you know, there's that moment where Alfred is talking to Uhtred and he he tells him that he remembers how he saved him as an infant and he mentions Mm. Isolde by name. Thank God. Yes. And I think (laughs) Uhtred is kind of shocked by that. But again, that's that's kind of shows the difference between Alfred and Aleswith. Like she I'm sure she doesn't remember that woman as anything other than a witch. Like I'm sure, Mm. you know, she still thinks they did the wrong thing, even though it saved Edward. But Alfred you know, he's always outwardly sort of, you know, spoken out against the, you know, the heathen pagan religion of the Danes and all that. But at the same time, like he's seen it work in his favor before. And I think he recognizes that, especially with what happened with Edward when he was so young. Um, but yeah, so he asks Uhtred to sort of remain in Winchester until Edward is crowned king. And then after that, he can do what he wants. Like he pardons him. So he's no longer an outlaw. Uh, you know, Alfred sort of made his peace and they've reconciled and they have a tender moment where they like touch hands. And it's just it's Ugh. really it's a really powerful scene. And I feel like both actors, you know, David Dawson and Alexander Draymond both really brought it for this for this scene together. And, you know, after everything they've been through, like this was a 
This was a pretty beautiful way to kind of tie this one off with a bow. I should have closed my eyes and rattled at Heaven's Gate some time ago. It was the hope of this meeting that has kept me alive. To Utrecht, the true Lord of Peppermere. A man I have never understood, but without whom I would not die again. This scene reminds you how important of a character Alfred is and has been to the show. Yeah. And I mean, this was his due. I think it would have just felt so wrong if him and Uhtred had not had this time. And at one point he even says, you know, I think I've been holding on to death so that I could talk to you one last time. I and that's know. just such a beautiful thing for him to say. Yeah. Um, And I because, you know, obviously he has worries and he wants Uhtred's help but I think really at the heart of it it's this idea of you know I knew I know I did you wrong Mm -hmm. and I can't leave this earth without making that right and so super sweet got a little choked up yeah I mean there might have been dust in my eye when I was watching who knows yeah um uh someone who doesn't find this all warm and cuddly is Aylesworth, who returns to the hall super pissed off lies to Edward about it tells Deapa to have his guards at every corridor, she wants Uhtred gone. She plans. She has some plans for him once Alfred is dead. Yeah. Um, that I just can't believe are good. And yeah, she's already kind of preparing for what will be her almost reign. I mean, I feel like she's gonna she's gonna have she's a gonna lot have of some influence. puppet strings. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I think everybody's kind of feeling that tension right now. Like, Athelred, like, during the feast, he told Aldhelm to send for more men to come here, which would be seen really as an act of aggression. Like, you don't need that, you know, an army at a wedding. Um, Mm -hmm. And Aldhelm recognized that, and he kind of tells him later on when Athelred's, you know, getting it on with some ladies, Aldhelm is like, listen, we cannot do this. And he doesn't follow his orders. And I think Athelred, like we've mentioned it in the past, like how Aldhelm is so over it and Athelred is starting to sort of pick up on that, even though he's, you know, a self-serving idiot. But yeah, yeah like this is this once great, ten, you know, bro duo is starting to fracture as one of them is growing a conscience and one of them is, you know, completely devoid of reason. Um, but yeah, <laughs> so delusional. It's so it's he's so yeah. Athelred just he's stupid. He's, he's just stupid. He is. He's stupid and he thinks he is smart, which I think is the most dangerous kind of stupid. Yeah. Um, and speaking of stupid, uh, we we kind of take a break from all of the wedding festivities in Winchester to check up on the Danes. Who are losing their minds. They're just like yes. so bored hanging out waiting for Alfred it's, to die. It's like Lord of the Flies over here. It is. Like, it is. Like which one is Piggy because he's toast. <laughs> but yeah, like they're just fighting it out. Canute is kind of like egging them on and Heston is the voice of reason which is I insane. Mean, when Heston is the We're girl, in the upside down. Right. If Heston <laughs> is the voice of reason you are ro- royally screwing up your life um yeah. but yeah they're just like fighting each other and getting out all this aggression as they you know wait and wait and wait and canute Kn- is like totally chill heston is like this is bad they need to stop or they're going to hurt themselves and brita's team heston at this point and is telling him the Crazy, same thing but- i know um i mean i don't blame her like it's 
super annoying and frustrating to just watch your men who they're just they have too much pent up energy at this point and they're just knocking each other around and i think heston like rightly warns canute he's like you know we need to stop this before they start reaching for weapons and we start losing men and um you know that red-headed blood or i don't know what it is but he is like all about these mud fights yeah um and then he's all about betting brita who is just so not into it she's i mean so she not looks even more it. like she's even room. more impressed than like with utrid in season one right remember that i do moment remember by the fire yes. it's like even that was better than and whatever is going <laughs> guess, on in whatever Canute's he's tent. doing yeah God. but she does get an important bit of information from him and that is that athelwald is the one who killed ragnar she can't quite mm-hmm. believe it but it's the truth and she claims him as hers to kill which you know that might be a bit presumptuous to assume that Athelwald will definitely be on the battlefield when he's so <laughs> prone to hiding. But, um, yeah, so she knows. She knows who she has to kill now, so Uta just has to get her the blood. Yeah, and um, speaking of, we go back uh, to Winchester. I, I hate this whole storyline. I really do. Okay, I think we should take a second because... I'm really unimpressed with what they've done with this character, Tira. Um, I don't I don't understand the purpose any of it has served if what I think is going to happen happens. Well, I mean, um, we know what we know what happens. But like I I'm trying not to spoil it for people. Listen, <laughs> it's fine. We don't have to pretend like we don't know. But yeah, okay, I, you're right. Well, I think we should talk about it more in the next episode. You're right. You're after right. everything goes down. But like I this is another I will say this. This is another storyline that they added in on the show. It was not in the book. Ugh, okay, fine. Um, anyway, so Tira's in Winchester. She's getting hassled by this dude. Um, Tid- Tidman? Tidman. 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 Yeah. God. I watch it with subtitles, so I make Typical. sure that I get the names right, and it's Tidman. <clears throat> that just sounds like a douche. Um, he's he's one of Sigurd's men. Um, Athelwald kind of, you know, tells him to back off if he's going to insult her harass her do it in private because he's got scheming to do yeah um and tira is super shaken uh by this encounter i mean she's a strong woman but she's also she's been through a lot and she doesn't need this and so she returns home you know all the boys are there kind of planning and of course hild recognizes that she is in distress oh yes sisterhood hild is Um, is a real one i love her so much such a real one and so she tells the guys what happened and um is not having it (laughs) what is it you want priest what i want oaf is for you to heed my warning speak to or go near my wife again and i shall beat the shit from you oh well said it is a promise Bayoka's a good husband. Like he he's will, such a good like bro. sometimes I'm frustrated with Bayoka, but like yeah. he will go to the mat for Tira every time. Yeah, he's like he's even when like he's, a peacock. Yes, even when he doesn't <laughs> like her doing her, you know, pagan her blood rituals. stuff, he will like he'll get over it and yeah, he's he's a good husband, better than I expected. Yeah. So he's he's stomping through the village, you know, Finnan and Citric and Osworth and Uhtred are kind of tagging behind him. There's this really funny moment when Uhtred is like, you know, maybe I should take care of it because you have a bit of a temper, right. which come on, like I mean it's true. Just, like <laughs> it is true, but we also did just see Uhtred like mutilate a man with an arrow true. last episode. True. So, so 
Uh, but Bianca is yeah. way more pissed than Hot Richard in this kettle point, at so. this point. Yeah. But, yeah. but yeah, so he, you know, he finds him, he attacks him, he basically tells him, you know, leave my wife alone or I'll beat the shit out of you, literally. Um, but yeah, so it's it's a really tense confrontation. Bioka is, you know, back to his ultimate sass master mood. And yeah, so he's, you know, it gets violent. Athelwald shows up. Nobody's happy to Ugh. see him. Things are getting tense. You know, mm-hmm. as, yeah. as Alfred is, you know, stepping towards the grave, people are getting a little bolder. And it's it's not great for, you know avoiding discord in the public square yeah you can tell you know this whole alfred on the brink of death thing um is really affecting the mood and the people that are suffering are you know people on the fringes people who maybe can't defend themselves Mm -hmm. um and you know athelwald is of course they are just egging everything on Uh, utrid has this really great moment there where he basically he tells ethel ethelwald um your soul is as scarred as your face. Right. Which, Nobody like, likes what you. A burn. <laughs> That's a great burn. Such a good burn. I'm saving that one. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so so Ethelwald kind of takes this opportunity. Once Bioko like leaves to calm down, mm-hmm. um, he invites Uhtred in for a drink. And he he kind of tries to suss out. I think him and Sigurd both are trying to suss out where he falls. Like, which side is he on? Who is he for? Is he with Edward? Um doesn't go, you know, as I'm sure Ethelwald wanted it to go because Uhtred doesn't say anything. Right. I, I think at this point, like, that's such an insane question that Uhtred is just like, I'm not even going to give this guy the satisfaction of saying anything. Like, I'm just going to go. Yeah. Which I think shows a little growth on Uhtred's part that he's willing to just let something go and leave instead of starting a fight. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, it's, you know, and then even more like there's just there's so many little relationships kind of blowing up all over the place in this episode you know there's that moment in the church um when Athelhelm is talking to Aleswith and he basically tells her hey wouldn't life be a lot better if those children were just murdered and I didn't have to think (laughs) about them ever again would it be great if we killed those babies would it be great if we literally struck down children like that's a sign (laughs) of a bad guy that's what we should be like talking about in a holy place right this is right that's perfect church talk murdering (laughs) children um but yeah so like there's that tension and then there's you know bishop erkenwald who talks about how much he hates utrid to utrid's face and how he thinks it's stupid that the king has pardoned him and it's just it's just everybody is at each other's throats in this episode it is tense as hell i have no place I'm not a husband. I'm not a trait of Cookham. Not a trait of Bevanbell. I'm not a trait Ragnarsson. I'm not even an outlaw anymore. I would say you're each and all of those men. Yeah, and I think the the mood is also really affecting Uhtred in interesting ways because, so he has this little confrontation with the bishop, and then, and then Hild he shows oh, up, sweet Hild, and she's like, "Look, I know something's on your mind. Just like spit it out." And you know, Uhtred gets a bit angsty, and he's like, "I, you know, I don't. I'm not a husband. I'm not a Ragnarsson. I don't have Bebenberg. I don't have Cookham. I'm not an outlaw anymore. Like, what is my purpose?" Yeah. 
And it's such a it's such an intimate conversation. It's such a big question. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for him to ask that of Hill shows like how strong their bond is. Like he basically calls her his bestie, which uh, I just squealed a little inside. I I love um, I love their dynamic. Um, But yeah, so good. Yeah. She's his greatest friend. But she's also, I think, the one who's always willing to tell him the truth. Um, even if it's not like particularly comforting, but she's basically mm-hmm. like, you need to grow up. Like you're not cursed anymore. <laughs> you have so many options. Like, what are you going to do? Because you can do anything you want at this point. And then, of course, Aylesworth comes and ruins the moment. Of course, as she is wanting to do. The mood. <laughs> it's terrible. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful moment. And I think you know that that feeling that he has a choice now is sort of the the big decider for him and why he goes to Alfred as he's like dying. He comes to see him and tells him that he will remain in Winchester until Edward is crowned. He swears that to him. And I think it's largely because Alfred gave him a choice. Um, It wasn't something that he was manipulated into. It wasn't something that he was forced into. He was asked and that made it something that he could, you know, do and still keep his head held high. Yeah. And, you know, after Uhtred, pays Alfred one last visit. Um, you know, we see the next kind of moment we see his Aylesworth at Alfred's bedside. Um, you know, and even struggling for breath, she's annoying the hell out of the dude about Uhtred and she worries that, you know, if a pagan guides Edward, um, that they'll continue to be punished. That's why the Danes are at their borders. It's it's a it's a conspiracy. Yeah. <laughs> it's a it's a you know, belief, I guess. Um, but it's she keeps kind of going on and on about that. And you see Edward or you see Alfred, you know, saying, no, like this is what I have to do for my England. And and he dies. It's a really kind of quiet moment before he dies. And um, and he's a pretty shitty thing. That That's the last thing she says to him. It's awful because he's like, you know, he says my love and he's like, you know, kind of calling to her to come to him as he's like dying the breath is leaving mm-hmm. his body and she's still berating him over everything with Uhtred and yeah. I think that's gonna haunt her because he died with her bitching him out and that is not something that'll you know rest easy on your conscience for a long yeah. time if ever that would haunt me for sure and I think you know we do see her struggle with that mm-hmm. so she she realizes he's dead she calls for Bioka and they have this kind of tender moment where she's I mean it's almost at first it's like she can't believe that he's dead God wouldn't let this happen he has so much to do mm-hmm. um, and then she she kind of plays around with the thought of well I'll tell the kids you know and you know Bioka but maybe no one else has to know and there's just a lot of fear there there's sure. fear of how it's going to be taken and and what's going to happen next. Um, and poor Bioka. I mean, obviously, he's broken up about this because he loved Alfred. But he's also sitting here trying to kind of comfort this woman who's always been just such a bitch to him. Yeah. And you can tell he's like, but he keeps offering like, well, he's in heaven now. And, oh, well, he'll guide us. Or, you know, it's just right. like, oh, Bioka, just maybe just stay quiet. I don't think there's anything you can say sure. to this woman. Yeah. So... You know, we have that moment, and like you can see, Aleswith did love him, even if she was, mm-hmm. you know, difficult at showing it. <laughs> um, but yeah, so his family comes in, everybody's sad. It's, you know, they say it's the first day in a new land, and it's a scary new land. You know, Alfred was, you know, he had a pretty secure position. A lot of people respected him, but 
you know, what do you do now? And Aleswith decides that what Ailswith she's going to do now is she's going to force out Bayoka because he was bonded with heathens and she's rescinding Uhtred's pardon. Bishop Erkenwald has agreed that you may speak at the king's service, but that must be your final duty within the palace. You are bonded with heathens, Father Bayoka. Edward must be God's king. So she is immediately cutting out two men who are very influential to Alfred, which is kind of insane to me. Like, I understand, like, she wants, you know, all the paganness gone. She wants God only. But she also has eyes, and she also knows that both of these men were really, you know, influential to Alfred and to be sort of cutting her son off at the knees just because she wants Jesus only in their rule. Like, that is just such short-sighted thinking. And she's really setting her son up to fail by cutting these guys out. Yeah, it's a terrible, a, a terrible strategy on her part, I think. Not just because, you know, Uhtred is someone of value that could be really helpful to Edward, um, but because she is making these decisions and she is taking, she's kind of going against what Alfred has said in his death. And so the only thing that does is make Edward look weak yeah. because she's doing this. She's making these moves. You know, the Danes are going to see that and say, oh, this, you know, new king can't even make his own decisions. His mommy has his to do it for do him. It. Yeah, exactly. It's not a good look. Um, it's not a strong and look. And that's what you yeah. need right now. Yeah, you need to have your rule, you know, go unquestioned. Mm-hmm. Um, at this point, Edward hasn't even been confirmed by a, a Witten. He's not been crowned. Like, this is not the time to be rescinding royal pardons. It's insane. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, they have the funeral for Alfred. But Uhtred, even though he knows that, like, you know, they'll come for him, he still shows up. He's going to stay. Way. He still shows up at the at the funeral. And I think that's, you know, classic Uhtred. Yeah, he's he he made a promise, you know, when he gives his word, he he keeps it. Right. And especially in this instance, he gave his word freely. And yeah. so that really means something. And so he he shows up at the funeral knowing that his pardon has been rescinded. Mm-hmm. Um, he plans to stay in Winchester until Edward's uh, crowned. And, you know, he he ends up kind of getting quietly escorted out of the funeral by Steapa. Mm-hmm. Poor dude. I mean, I know Steapa likes Uhtred. It must really suck to be constantly like right. being at odds with this dude, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it would be it would be difficult to be, you know, the king's man and like so beholden that, you know, you have to turn against you your friends all out. the time. <laughs> and like, you know, yeah, he's always lonely life. Right. And he's always getting snippy with Finnan, who always deals it back. So I'm like, he likes these men and he has, yeah. you know, a relationship with them. But he's, you know, king and country, I guess. Um, so, yeah, he gets thrown in jail and Tira, she gets, you know, sort of chased home by this, you know, by Athelwald's man Tidman again. And, you know, he, like, is just totally menacing and, you know, really cruel to her. And, he you know, he chases her all the way to her house and she sort of locks him out and gets in her hidey hole. And, you know, he breaks his way in. He sets everything on fire. And, like, he knows she's down there and he traps her down there. And it's just, mm. I, I hate this scene. I hate it so much. It's the worst. It is the worst. I mean, it makes, I understand... <sighs> I don't get I it. I don't understand. Actually, Actually, I'm not gonna say I understand. We're gonna get into it more it. in the next episode, but I don't think I don't think there Whatever. was a valid reason um, to do this. But yeah, so she's you know, she kind of fights back and you know, she stabs this man, which I feel like 
I feel like the message of having you fighting back, you know, at your attacker, and that's what sort of traps you at the same time. I feel like that's, I'm sure that that. wasn't an intentional message, but yikes. That it is, comes across real bad. It's really bad. And so, you know, like she's had so much trauma in her life and she's, you know, sort of leaving the show through such trauma. And I just I hate it. And we'll talk about it in the next episode more because I just I can't get into it right now or I'll just I'm not I'm not ready. Black out in a rage. Emotionally, I'm too fragile. Yeah. And that's um, where the episode <laughs> ends. Shit. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Now it's time for our next episode wishes. This is when we issue our demands for upcoming episodes like the spoiled toddlers that we are. Here's what we want to see, when we want to see it, and why we won't be denied. Alyssa, what are you looking forward to next episode? I really want Edward to stand up to his mother. Like, I get that he's... Like, I get that he's dealing with a lot right now. Like, he lost his dad and gained a kingdom all in quick succession, and that is a lot. Um, But she's, like, mad with power right now. She's, Mm -hmm. you know, she's going against... She's Cersei. Yeah, (laughs) she is, but, like, she's not... She's not as... But not as smart. I love Cersei so much, even though she was so evil. She deserved to die better. Anyway. (laughs) Anyway. But, yeah, going against your dead husband's wishes before he's even in the ground is a really bad look. Um, So, yeah, I, I hope that Edward surprises me and is, like, you know a strong king but i just i don't know if he's there yet um and yeah i can't even i can't even talk about what happens to Jira. uh yeah i mean i you know part of me is hoping maybe in my first watch i watched it so quickly i hallucinated what happened and <laughs> something different will happen when i watch it again um but i hope that i don't have to see her die again i might just you know fast forward through it yeah anyway I, if we're if we're burning people alive um i suggest Aylesworth and ethelwald you know they may not be on the same side but they are both working to undermine england and alfred in their own ways and it's so frustrating yeah i just you know if they teamed up they could get a lot more done i think oh my god yeah well if their goal was to just destroy england for sure right they'd have that done in like a day right but you know So, The Last Kingdom is a, has a massive cast of interesting characters, and nearly everyone gets their time to shine. Our arsling of the episode is the character who truly goes above and beyond to win the war or simply win our hearts. So, who is your arsling this episode? Okay, 
Bioka was totally my dude this episode. Um, he saw Tira upset, did not hesitate to kind of storm over there and confront this turd. You know, he would not let Uhtred kind of do his dirty work. He wanted to hand out the beatdown. Yeah. And I'm, you know, I'm kind of upset that he wasn't allowed to finish him off. Like, Uhtred, just stay the fuck out of it for once. <laughs> um, let Bioka do what he wants to do. Right. Um, but, you know, props to Bioka because I think even though he's a priest, he's always been such a good husband to Tira. He's what she needed and she's what he's needed. And I've seen real, like, growth and development because of their relationship, which I really like. I like when you pair people off in a show and then you show how that bond and relationship has changed them for the better. And I think with both characters, that's happened. So, yeah, shout out to Bioka. I definitely agree. I feel the same way. I got to give it up for Alfred. Like it's our last, yeah. it's our last opportunity to give it. And we got to, and we don't do it often, right? <laughs> you know, he could have died bitter and you know still cursing Uhtred, but he really wanted to reconcile. Um, That's how Aylesworth's gonna go right. out. Right, okay? Aylesworth is going out <laughs> cursing Uhtred. I'm sure, however it happens. Um, but yeah, like he finally gave Uhtred the credit that he deserved and sort of made amends as well as he could. Um, you know, like you said, like, he could have gone to his grave with this bad blood and kind of left Uhtred to deal with his bitterness alone. But he handled it in a manner, you know, that really befitted a good king. And I wasn't always, you know, Alfred's number one fan. I think that's pretty clear. But I think he handled himself with honor at the end. And I really will miss David Dawson a lot on the show. Mm. Like, he did such a good job, you know, bringing Alfred to life and... That'll be, I'm, you know, I'm interested to see, you know, what the new season will be like, but that'll be a hole that is felt, I think. Yeah, some some hard shoes to fill, for sure. Get ready to shame none, the worst character of the episode with us. It doesn't matter if you're a Saxon or a Dane, anyone can be a turd, and we're calling out the biggest one of the episode. So, Alyssa, you go first. Who are you just hating on this episode? Okay, well, Athelwald shithead Tidman was only here for one episode, but he mm. really did leave a stain. Like, this guy has so much hate in his heart that he spent all of his screen time terrorizing sweet, innocent Tira, who's never as much as her to fly in her entire life. I hated the storyline. She is an angel. She is she an should be angel. Protected. And she should, you should kiss the ground she walks on just for like being <laughs> in your presence. But yeah, like I hated the storyline. I hated him. You know, he's going to kill one of, if not the purest character on the show. And I hope he goes straight to hell. And I don't even believe in hell. So, <laughs> but I hope <laughs> I he hope goes he there. Niflheim. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, Tillman, mm, fuck you, dude. Yeah. Um, I think for me, it was ails with this episode. Sure. Uh, it's just it's it's annoying. So I think Tidman is is like just an evil, terrible person. I think ails with she has some redeeming qualities. And so there's sometimes where I've really brooded for her to like turn things around. Yeah. And she just never has. And that's what's so frustrating about this character. Mm. You know, even on. On his deathbed, she's still harping on to Alfred about Uhtred's heathen ways and how they're poisoning his legacy, which is just, it's the worst way to say goodbye to this man that you you loved and, and kind of served your entire life. That sucks. And, you know, she's making all these decisions without Edward's input or approval. Like, she obviously doesn't believe in her son's decision-making abilities. Um, she's making him look weak. She's 
kind of, you know, undermining everything Alfred's done, uh, which is so disrespectful. He's not even in the grave. Yeah, there's just so many things that Aylesworth is doing wrong. And you know what? I wish she would just sit down. You know, Katie, you're making a fool of yourself. It's true. And like, like you said, like just with the undermining of his legacy, like so quickly that he's gone. I just it's unforgivable. Now, this is clearly a very serious podcast about a very serious show, but sometimes it's nice to indulge in a little thirst. It's 2019, the world is on fire, and honestly, we deserve this. So this is our time to celebrate the thirstiest moments that really blew our skirts up this episode. There were none. (laughs) Why are we even here? Why are we even doing this segment this season? Like I wander uh, in the desert and there is nothing to ease my thirst. (laughs) Like I am hallucinating. You know, my mirage is like a shirtless Uhtred at this point. It's just (laughs) we're it's so dry in here. Yeah, it's it's, yeah, that's kind of that's pretty much it. Everybody looks great. But yeah, nothing thirsty happening in this episode at all. This is. I mean, this is probably the greatest offense we've suffered with this show is the <laughs> fact that they have so many hot people and they can't make us thirst even a little Not bit. Not even a little bit. Come on. There's nothing. Yeah. Ugh. I know. All right, whatever. Injustice. Okay, guys, I think it's safe to say we've never been accused of being unenthusiastic in our fandom. We and our friends, our family, and now you, our devoted listeners, Welcome to Geek Out, where we will offer up our humble suggestions about what we think you should be watching and reading right now. And Alyssa, yours. Okay. <laughs> what is yours? I, it's not really a suggestion. It's more a general, <laughs> I don't understand what's happening. So okay. there was a trailer that came out today for a new adaptation of the novel Call of the Wild, which is one I read as a kid. I loved it. So, like, I, of course, wanted to watch the trailer. And it stars Harrison Ford, which I'm always kind of interested to see him, like, outside of Star Wars. And, like, I'm like, what are you doing? But, okay, so if you don't know about Call of the Wild, it's this story about this man and he gets bonded with this dog and it's, like, really beautiful and whatever. But the dog in this trailer is CGI, but it's in a way that it's supposed to be, I think, kind of like how the Lion King animals were CGI and how it's just a little bit heightened and the dog does things that a dog wouldn't really do, but also it's not, like, completely not dog-like. And I just, there are so many movies starring real dogs that I don't understand why you would go CGI for one that's a straight-up story about a dog. Okay, yeah, that's super weird because um, I think you're insinuating that dogs aren't good actors. How dare you? Have you seen any of the Airbud movies? Yes. Like, fuck you, yes. Hollywood. Have you seen Airbud? <laughs> have you seen Babe? Have you seen, you know, Old Yeller? Dogs can act. They do a good job. Stop taking... Homeward Bound. Oh, Homeward Bound, Oh, my too. God. I can't handle Homeward Bound. <laughs> Don't even speak that name to me right now. But, yeah, I just... It was such a weird... It was so weird in the trailer. If you haven't watched it, you should go watch it after we finish talking mm. about it. Because it was just... It was very off-putting. And I was like, okay, but yeah, I don't understand. Quick question though, because I haven't, I haven't read this book. Okay, um, so the dog, I'm looking at a picture, which yeah, he looks weird. Yeah, um, but he's like a 
like a, a mountain dog or something. It's I like, thought, I want to say the, it's of the part, wild was like a wolf. Yeah. I'm pretty, well, that's White Fang is the it's same Jack oh. London. White Fang is the wolf called the wild. I think he's got wolf in him, but he's not a purebred okay. wolf. Either way, it's super weird. It was a very odd trailer. I did not understand the tone. Okay. And I well. don't think Jack London would appreciate it. So he's probably <laughs> spinning in his grave dog, right after now. After dogs anywhere appreciate it. <laughs> it's a tough business. Okay. Stop and, taking after know, dogs' jobs. Come on. This is worse um, than resurrecting James Dean. <laughs> oh my. Well, maybe uh, not. <laughs> it's al- It's almost on par. Right. Um. All right, guys. So my geek out this week, I don't know if I've done this before. If I have, so sorry, but also not sorry because you should be watching this when it comes out. Yes. Um, the Witcher uh, comes out on Netflix in December and it's it's got Henry Cavill in it, which I'm on the fence about Henry Cavill. Here's um, how I feel about Henry Cavill. I don't think he's particularly bright, but every time there's a new photo spread of him, I end up looking at it like oh all God. day. And one just know, came out. Men's health th- oh pictures. my God. It's so not what? right. It's not right. But yeah, like I, I, the only role that I've really loved him in is um, Man from Uncle, which I wish oh, we would get a sequel. Man from Uncle. It's so good. It's such a good movie. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'm still, I'm still interested in The Witcher. I'm not super familiar with the game or the books. My sister enjoys them, and she tried to teach me how to play the game, and mostly just laughed at my <laughs> incompetence. Um, but yeah, I've never played the games. Um, okay, I've read some of the books, so I'm, I'm interested to kind of see where they take it. There's so many avenues that they could take it between the games and the books. Yeah, um, I think it'll be. I'm, and, I'm pretty sure it's more based on the books than the game. I think so as well. Um, but yeah, so it's it's basically, you know, it's this fantasy epic. It's got a lot in, in common with, I would say, like The Last Kingdom or Game of Thrones in that like world. It's in that verse, mm-hmm. you know, where it's it's kind of old medieval times and uh, lots of horseback magic. riding and yeah. lots of sorcery. And he's basically this, Demon this hunter. monster hunter yeah. that has these supernatural powers. Um he goes on this quest to protect this princess. It's all very epic sounding. And um yeah, it's I think it's got something for everyone. There's a ton of action. I'm sure it's gonna be like really beautifully done because it's Netflix. And um, you know, if you like to look at Henry Cavill shirtless, at least it seems like they he's gonna stripped him of his chest hair. That's all I'll say. Oh, thank God. I hate it when movies do that. Like it's an epidemic it is, in Hollywood. Especially like Marvel movies. Marvel movies started it, I think. Um Ugh. but yeah, like it looks to be like a pretty good time and it's already been renewed for a second season, so it's mm-hmm. it's sticking around. So we'll yeah, see. So go, go ahead and watch. I think if you're maybe if you're in that kind of drought of like it, you know, Game of Thrones or The Last Kingdom. This might be like a good filler. Yeah. All right, guys. If you want to hear more of our bullshitting, check us out on Twitter or over at Sci Fi Wire Fangirls. Also, don't forget to like, subscribe, and leave us a nice review wherever you get your podcasts. And until next time, Destiny is all bitches. <laughs> <laughs>